I have I have Ken Quiethawk to thank for that great intro. He did um, exercise just a little bit of um, <clears throat> creativity with the ending part, but um, there you just can't you can't mess with his voice. It's just fantastic. Welcome to Nightlight, everybody. My guest tonight is Dan Willis, and I am so excited. He's one of the Disclosure Project's 20 top secret military witnesses that testified at the National Press Club in Washington, D.C. on May 9, 2001. He served in the U.S. Navy as a high-speed code operator at the Naval Communications Station in San Francisco with a top-secret crypto level 14 with extra-sensitive material security clearance. Um, which is impressive in and of itself. Um, I have to, and and I I really want to just kind of direct everybody to his website, which is thewebmatrix.net. It is probably one of the most interesting websites you will look at in in a in in a gazillion years. He has taken he has taken and put in in order in chronological order, the story of how we have evolved to this point in time, the the story of how we have been misled and and why and how. And it, it's it's an amazing work of of um gosh, commitment to trying to get the truth out there. You don't have to agree with everything, but but if it makes you think, then I truly believe that he has made his point. Dan, welcome to the show. Barbara, what a delight to join you. That was quite a <laughs> introduction <laughs> to my work. I'm I'm humbled by it. You know, I'm I'm still learning. I'm still trying to piece it together, and just love sharing my notes with other people so that well, we can get an understanding of what what's been uh, hidden from us. And, you know, and you've done such a magnificent job of it. I mean, the, the research that went into this, and, and I think one of the things that is so impressive that you cite references to a lot of the things that you put up there so that, you know, people can, they can't really say, well, he's got a great imagination because you have the references connected to a lot of the material there. And I have to admit, when I first went through it the very first time a couple of months ago, I, I did some checking and, and, you know, I, I got sick of checking you because everything checked out. So, um, it, it was, it was just, it's a phenomenal amount of material you've put together. And, and I think I just, what possessed you to do this? Well, <laughs> you know, after we went to Washington and each one of us said, after we gave our testimonies that we, be willing to testify under oath before Congress, you know, it's a penalty of perjury. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, the Bush administration denied the congressional hearing we were seeking. I mean, my, my testimony was <clears throat> kind of lightweight compared to some of the other uh, witnesses that have been actual retrieval cases where they had 57 different species already categorized by 1989, by Let's see, they had bases that were witnessed on the other side of the moon. Nuclear um, missiles have been shut down. Uh, NASA airbrushing the UFOs out. And uh, presidents, CIA directors, heads of intelligence are all being denied access to these uh, projects. And that, uh, and probably one of the most 
shocking um, explosive things is that we have the technology that we have these scientists within these black projects that were willing to come forth in an open congressional hearing to prove we have a solution to get off of nuclear oil and coal. You know, we've had it for over 60 years, uh, a clean, environmentally safe uh, technology. But, you know, what happened was, uh, you know, I went there naive. I, I had, I couldn't imagine all the witness testimonies that were being given in front of 22 cameras in the back row at the National Press Club that, you know, this went <laughs> kind of grab everybody's attention. Uh, but what happened was, you know, CNN, uh, probably one of the flagship, uh, you know, control <laughs> of the media uh, channels, they, they made it sound like uh, we wanted a congressional hearing kind of based on the reality of UFOs. You know, they it's there's a CIA term called a limited hangout, which means that you covered the event, right? But you covered it in such a way that the explosive revealing information that would catch everybody's attention is pur- purposely sanitized out. Mm-hmm. You know, and after uh, after CNN and all the other media outlets uh you know covered the event that way see uh, uh, cbs came down they sent a special assignment team to interview me and i said look <laughs> i'm not doing this interview unless i can say on, on the on the air that we have these scientists willing to come forth to prove we have a solution that get off of nuclear oil and coal that we've had for 60 years that could be non-polluting uh, and I made it a fairly short sentence, actually. I can't, it's like probably 10 seconds long or something. They promised up and down. And when it aired, what happened was they did a cookie cutter of exactly like um, CNN did and said, oh, we are not alone. Some people think they have proof there is. Here we have 450 witnesses mm-hmm. uh, all wanting to have a congressional hearing <laughs> to make the average listener um, think that, oh, wow. Here's Dr. Greer. You know, he got 450 of these witnesses wanting to let the people know that the reality of UFOs. But what happened was the, the, the explosive information, it went out all over the Internet. A lot of people are aware on the alternative media. But there's a lot of people that still, not very many, it's gone down quite a bit, still have a lot of faith in the mainstream media to report. So uh, after I became aware that, uh, you know, the, basically uh, the producer said, I'm sorry, the higher executives, um, we now know that the CIA controls the mainstream yeah. media at the highest level, made me cut that part out, she said. So, um, so several years went by from 2001. It wasn't until, you know, I, I was... Uh, I was taken back, you know, that Mm -hmm. our media was uh, controlled that much. Uh, We met with uh, dozens of senators and congresspeople uh, up on Capitol Hill after the press club. Uh, We got got together in groups and we gave them um, an executive briefing video that was 
broken down from 120 hours distilled down to four and 500 page briefing document, which I'm sure you know, none of them had time to you know, look at it. But um, everybody was pretty much, uh, thank you very much. We'll keep your views in mind if we have a, you know, a hearing. <laughs> uh, so we're realizing it wouldn't get out through the yeah, mainstream you got, media. You, got, you basically got trivialized. And yeah, uh, well, it, what is, they, they're added a loop. You can imagine if presidents and CIA directors and heads of, the, of intelligence are being denied access, that, uh, that, you know, the senators and Congress people, they're, they're not going to be included. So they're, they're basically indoctrinated on how to respond to this with official letters from, you know, Blue Book for the Air Force and, um, you know, NASA letters of denial that, there's, you know, there's nothing to it. Yeah, well, um, what, what got me was, let's take it back to not the very beginning because that we don't have that long a show. But l let's go back... I mean, <laughs> Tesla in the 1800s created an energy that would have supplied electricity to the country for free. And because it was for free, the, the big moguls chose to um, sell it so that they could control the public to a certain degree. And that group of... of of um, rich people, for want of a better word, kind of evolved into a, a powerful group that, that started to manipulate um, the newspapers and and sort of con controlled the and, and that group bled into or became the Bilderberg Group, which became the shadow parts of the shadow government that is now literally running the government that we know, which is just a puppet to a higher shadow government that um, that we literally have no control over. Yeah, that's almost correct. Um, well, with in 1917 uh, was J.P. Morgan who who said to Tesla, if I can't put a meter on it, you know, basically disassembled the entire thing. Uh, Rockefeller, who actually rewrote the history of what happened in the end of World War II mm -hmm. uh, to the, for the children in the future. And then you have, uh, uh, let's see, Warburg, who was in part wrote the Federal Reserve uh, back in 1913 that were an ongoing debt to international bankers. So these people controlled all the major newspapers. Uh, this is back in 1917. Um, but, you know, pointing back to how this whole thing, how, why did the Disclosure Project even begin? Why, what, what was, how did, what was the, uh, the stimulus? What happened was, Ever since Kennedy, presidents have pretty much uh, not been in the loop of uh, of the situation. Uh, they've been uh, they stopped briefing the presidents, as uh, astronaut Edgar Mitchell said after after Kennedy. Um, it was during um, the Clinton administration that. Uh, Lawrence Rockefeller wanted to have, uh, you know, President Clinton open up the files with the UFO matter. 
And so he had his uh, CIA director, uh, James Woolsey, try to get access to the file. He was denied access. So <laughs> um, here is the CIA director being denied access. So Dr. Greer was a, uh, Dr. Stephen Greer was, had a uh, group called the Center for the Study of Extraterrestrial Intelligence. He was brought into a meeting in 1993. He brought a huge stack of information substantiating the uh, UFO reality. Uh, the uh, CIA director says, I, I know the subject's real. I'm just trying to figure out why the hell I can't gain access to it. You know, how can we disclose what we don't have access to? Uh, you know, here, here you know, uh, Dr. Gruber was like taken back that, you know, uh, CIA directors can't gain access. Um, so he met with some military advisors and they decided to start this witness archival project, collecting hundreds of witnesses. Um, it was around 1997 that uh, Dr. Greer went with astronaut Edgar Mitchell and met with uh, the head of the, of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, head of intelligence, uh, Admiral Tom Wilson. And Admiral Tom Wilson basically gave them uh, the go-ahead to go to the public, to the media, because he was given a list of uh, these unacknowledged special access projects, meaning that these secret projects, you know, it doesn't matter who you are, the president's, the head of intelligence or whatever, you're denied access that it even exists. And uh, the admiral said, you know, this, this group is, this is illegal. Uh, if you can get the people together, you have my permission to take this to the media. And so that basically gave the green light. By the year 2000, uh, he had collected over 450 military and intelligence witnesses. This includes admirals, generals, astronauts. Um, I'm just one witness of, of many. In fact, uh, one of the witnesses chickened out and I volunteered to fill in. That's how I, I ended up going to Washington, uh, you know, to fill a person's place. The, um, the, the situation is, is that... Uh, with the mainstream media completely controlling this from the public, uh, the public's not aware that there is this um, infiltration that Kennedy warned about. About uh, he, he talked about a mono. He gave these speeches, and he didn't just give these speeches for no reason at all. He talked about a monolithic conspiracy that uses infiltration to, and that the dangers of secrecy and secret societies. Well, you know, it's kind of interesting after his assassination that the head people that of the Warren Commission, Justice Earl Warren, Alan Dulles, Gerald Ford, um, you know, and even... Lyndon B. Johnson were all the highest level of the Scottish Rite Freemasons of 33rd degree. Mm -hmm. and, and they were saying, you know, well, yeah, it was a lone gunman and uh, <laughs> he has ties to Russia, you know, and all this stuff. But And even put out a thing in 1967 that was a dispatch to the CIA saying to use the term conspiracy theorist to kind of label anybody who is coming up with other theories other than the lone gunman saying that, you know, they have financial interests, the half-baked theory, they have some kind of, 
you know, uh, they they have some kind of uh, attachment to their theory that's not based on fact. Mm-hmm. But the fact is, is that um, in the dispatch, it said that uh, Lee Harvey Oswald never worked for the CIA, but in a later document there showed that he was trained by the CIA and he worked, uh, you know, with the whole thing. Anyway, um, I didn't mean to get off on a, on a tangent. <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> well, you, you mentioned infiltration and um, I, I think, one of the things that fascinated me was um, what happened during World War II, after, during and after. Some of these major conglomerates and stuff like that were actually supporting both Germany and the USA. You know, they were, they were kind of playing both sides right. against the like center. Ford Motor Company and IBM, yeah. And, and so Operation Paperclip was was after the war when when we brought all of the german scientists that were in in um space stuff and missile stuff we brought them all over here to this country and but and i knew about project paperclip because that's how we you know got the atomic bomb and everything going but but i was not aware of the thousands of Nazis that were brought into this country, infiltrated into the country, and given a free pass. It was, it, it, I mean, talk yeah. about bringing All new aliens. Paperwork. Mm-hmm. Talk about bringing aliens into the country. I mean, holy crap! Um, you know, they're they're complaining about bringing stuff people into the country now without documentation. Not only did they, well, they had the documentation. They were SS. They were all sorts of high powered people that were then given clearance, new lives and money and, and, and placed within our government. Absolutely. Yeah, they were deemed, a lot of them were deemed to be a threat to the United States security, uh, but they were given paperwork and, and changed to make it look like they weren't a threat because they were, they were so hungry to get the technology because what happened after, um, at, in, after May of 1945, uh, when you know Winston Churchill, uh, uh, Joseph Stalin, and uh, and uh, and Truman were figuring out how to punish Germany and everything, and uh, James Forrestal went over there with John F. Kennedy and were reviewing some of the technologies that were like this stuff was like extraterrestrial. This is like so advanced. But the thing is, is that. Um, there was a plan for the before the end of the war, the Nazis had a fallback plan because they knew they couldn't match the industrial might of the United States. For every one thing the Germans can make, the Americans can make ten of them, you know, because they have this incredible manufacturing capabilities. So the Nazis mm-hmm. wanted to work more qualitative rather than quantitative. And so they planned to infiltrate from the within. They had a plan called Schallenskrieg, which translates from German to be worldview warfare. They planned on infiltrating in and take over control of the mainstream media, the education, the entertainment industry, you know, basically to create the, a matrix of perception. Mm-hmm. And how this happened was before the CIA was created in 1947, there was the OSS. Um, Alan Dulles was 
in the OSS. And he basically set up an agreement with uh, General Reinhard Gellin, who was the head of Nazi intelligence. What the Nazis did was they knew Truman was afraid of the Soviets. And so they, the Americans didn't have a lot of intelligence on the Soviets, but the Nazis did. Nazi uh, spy network was all through Europe and had lots of information. And so they took all this information and put it in microfiche and put it in little sealed containers and hid them up in the Bavarian mountains. So what they did was they used it as a, a bargaining chip on the table in order to bring 3,000 Nazi spies onto the CIA payroll. And, you know, this is in addition to, you know, uh, Project Paperclip bringing in all the Nazi scientists, you know, into NASA. Yeah. So, so what happened was, uh, it seems right after the war, after 1945, when it ended, uh, a lot of the Nazis escaped, uh, including uh, all the intelligence uh, heads of intelligence back then knew that uh, Hitler had escaped. Um, Heinrich Himmler, there's much evidence that he escaped as well. The, the body that uh, didn't have the scar markings that the original had, you know, so all these yeah. people, uh, all these people escape. The hundreds of thousands escape. In fact, uh, several U, like a hundred U-boats, uh, many scientists that didn't come over in Project Paperclip didn't, weren't accounted for. In other words, many of them fled down to Argentina and Antarctica, where they had a base down there, um, and continued their operations. So what happened was, in the meantime, uh, Alan Dulles... Uh, by 1950, started Operation Mockingbird, which they had 400 journalists that were basically working for the CIA. Today we have uh, journalists that, uh, you know, testify that they work as non-official covers. In other words, the CIA gives them the information in order to do and make it look like it's coming from independent sources. Back then, in 1950, they had 400 journalists, and they have relationships with every major uh, wire and news service that there was available. And so they were pretty much able to control the perception through the mainstream media news network. Um, and in 1946, Rockefeller, you know, this would, you know, I, I, I can't imagine how this is legal, but they were able to write their version of what happened at the end of World War II, completely hiding some of the um, revealing evidence of what actually happened with the Nazis escaping and thinking we won the war with Germany and, you know, ticker tape parades and everything, yay, and they didn't want to think about it anymore, that it's a done deal, right? People mm -hmm. were tired of the war, so that was like a welcome message. But what happened was the Nazis infiltrated in with the uh, sympathizers that were with the banking elite, you know, like the Rockefellers and the Morgans and the, you know, Rothschilds. The yeah, the, the whole the whole group, so that uh, they created a matrix of perception. In the meantime, they continued their operations down there, making anti-gravity craft. Uh, one of the witnesses saw documents that said they had nine disk factories in Europe that 
one was destroyed and the other were relocated to Antarctica and, and the Amazon and in Norway. Uh, mostly operations went down to Antarctica. And so they had developed anti-gravity in the 30s. And it wasn't until much later that the United States finally developed anti-gravity, which wasn't until October of 1954. Well, now, see, this is what... Yeah, it, it's, it's not just the UFOs that we don't get have disclo- disclosure on. It's it's I mean the fact it, it's primarily you you look at the U, it's it's basically that's what people see. But but what they don't understand is it, I mean in the United States has a has a greater um, lockdown on information than any other country in the world. Um, in South America, UFOs are, you know, it's, it's a classic thing. Yes, it's an unidentified flying object. Um, in China, I mean, you, almost anywhere else in the world, it's common knowledge that these are vehicles that, you know, we don't know who they are, what they are, but yeah, they're there. In the United States, they, they are not even admitting that they exist. And what really gets to me is that, that since, the, since the 40s, anyhow, early 40s they've been doing reverse engineering on on um, UFOs that have crashed and and apparently Russia and Germany were were, were far ahead of us and oh the two gen- decades ahead yeah I mean the general public has no idea as to any of this and they have and- no idea what's going on I had no idea when I went to Washington. I had no idea what was going on. You know, Barbara, it wasn't until a, a, a media company in Hollywood, because I used to be an ABC newsman and a broadcast engineer, uh, you know, back in the 70s, a long time ago. Um, <laughs> yes. They wanted me to uh, write an article on on media control regarding the UFO issue. And I I just jumped at the opportunity because, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to figure this out. I was n- naive to, to think that, my God, this is a world-changing event. I couldn't imagine we're going to have, you know, the, the cars will be replaced, the anti-gravity, every home and business can have a little energy device, you know, that could power. We can get rid of nuclear. Uh, my God, how wonderful that would be, especially this 2001 before, you know, the Fukushima thing and the Gulf mm-hmm. oil spill. Uh, you know, I couldn't imagine. This is like, I thought I was part of a world-changing event. I couldn't imagine that it would be sanitized out. Well, so, and at, during World War II, my dad was in the FBI, and he came home and told my mom that he had been at a demonstration where they had brand new cars that had never been run, and they put water into their gas tanks, and they dropped a little white tablet in, and the car ran beautifully with no emissions. The patent was bought up and never seen again, and the government... It, it does this. It, it, it buys up patents, five, over 5,000, I think you said someplace, that they have, they have taken over 5,000 patents that would do away with our dependence upon oil and coal and everything and even electricity. And, and they're, they're keeping them from us to keep us under the thumb of Big Pharma and all of the other groups out there. 
Yeah, total uh, geopolitical control on the entire planet. They've kept us, kept the whole planet technologically hijacked. Um, you know, I, I have a really good technical background. I worked with the government for many years on, on electronics engineering. Uh, and so after the uh, National Press Club and after the mainstream media basically didn't alert the public that what, uh, <laughs> what was trying to be disclosed, um, we, um, you know, we toured across this, across the country, by the way, in major cities. I was in many major cities and the network affiliates would come in and they would make fun of it with a giggle factor. You know, in San Diego, dancing alien dolls with smoke mm -hmm. in San Francisco, we heard we're, they were told to make fun of it. So they came out with, a, oh, the Disclosure Project's looking at aliens to solve the world's energy problems. So they do this kind of uh, laugh at it type of thing to kind of discredit it. So what I did was I volunteered to, uh, to meet with scientists. Uh, Dr. Greer set up a corporation. I worked with Professor Loiter and... There was six other scientists that were advisors, all with multiple PhDs. I was the only one without, you know, a PhD and all this, but I had a lot of background and experience with technology. And, uh, you know, I flew around the planet, uh, down the Dominican Republic. Uh, this one inventor had a device producing 500 watts of power. Uh, when the professor and I flew back, back down, um, the inventor said, uh, that two guys identified themselves with the CIA. They said, this works, your dad," And he disassembled it when we got it down there. Uh, you know, one of our group, uh, Eugene Maloff, was murdered. Uh, another inventor that had uh, a little brilliant mind, Dutch inventor, had a little box producing about 140 watts, nothing too significant, but, you know, about the size of a shoe box. But that's still significant. He was going to fly to Europe to patent. He was found dead in the parking lot in the uh, airport. So you have all this going on, plus, um, oh, and another scientist friend, the brilliant mind, produced a little energy device producing about 300 watts. In fact, he had 60,000 of them made in Japan, but uh, you could say the men in black kind of showed up. They threw him in jail for a while. Uh, cars were blown up. He had he received what was called a national security order, which is issued by the patent office uh, due to the national security apparatus having a secret uh, system within the patent. So anybody comes up with a solution to get off of nuclear oil or coal, they have to go and they file a patent. And what yeah. happens is if anything's like anti-gravity, over-unity, uh, superconductivity, you know, in other words, anything that can get us off of these obsolete, dangerous old technologies that, you know, a, a lot of financial interests have a lot of investment into, uh, get automatically issued one of these national security orders, which says that if you, um, you cannot share your invention and with anybody, and that uh, anybody that you've shared it with, you must give their names and everything because your invention has been deemed to be a detriment to the national security of the United States. You know, so we've had over uh, 5,000, uh, 5,700, some number like that. It's, it's, I'm sure this was many years ago, so I'm sure it's way over 6,000 that, uh, you know, solutions 
that we don't need these obsolete, dangerous technologies uh, have been been suppressed. The inventors can't uh, uh, can't can't release the information. Well, and so, you know what what gets me is is our inventors can't do anything with it, and yet, you know, we, we were talking about UFOs and disclosure about them, but but the the fact that also there are is alien intervention that also is sharing technology that is not out there either. Oh, so, that's the really advanced stuff. Yeah, that's in the Black Project. The stuff in the Black Projects is way ahead of, I mean, there's decades ahead of what is in, you know, on the surface of the purview, planet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. But but it just, to me, it's it's, I know that at some point in time, a long time ago, they did a study and that if, if the United States knew that there were real UFOs, possibly aliens in them, they wouldn't be able to handle it. And therefore, it was their responsibility to keep us all in the dark. But but protecting us is one thing, but preventing us from knowledge that could help us and to make life easier. We have people who are starving, who are homeless. We have people that a lot of this technology could help. And to keep it away from us seems inhuman. It's yeah, it's it's ludicrous, you know, because you know it's like um, uh, yeah, the, the technologies that they have in the black projects are, are way way advanced. I mean, what we were just trying to do is just get in the civilian sector. There's a lot of brilliant minds that. It doesn't necessarily have to come from extraterrestrials and reverse engineering. Well, well uh, look at Tesla was the 1800s. That was free electricity. That was 200 years ago. Yeah, and Tesla was working with anti-gravity. He even stated he had an anti-gravity craft. Yeah. That, and he was, uh, you know, collaborating. Uh, they were both born in the Croatia, you know, uh, Maria Orsic, uh, who was working with uh, the Viral Society that was getting this channeling that was ancient Sumerian uh, design of a, of a craft that could warp time around it and was given to Dr. Schumann, the University of Munich, that uh, he saw viable physics. And that's how the Nazi program kind of kicked in because uh, the SS came in and uh, took over a lot of it. Um, you know, so... I'm really surprised it, that they didn't defeat us, to tell you the truth. They had the technology to defeat us. Well, there appears, you know, there, it's interesting all the new, um, you know, I'm just one of over 500 witnesses that are, you know, regular guys, you know, that were in certain places. I was in communications, so I had to have a very high-level security clearance in order to pass all this information on. Um, you know, my my small uh, part in all this was uh, I was receiving secret classified priority reports going to Chief of Naval Operation of craft that was coming out of the ocean that was a saucer that was glowing a uh, reddish orange and merging off port bow out of the ship that the crews witnessed 
and then shot straight up into space, and the radar blips on the radar operator tracked it going over 7,000 miles per hour. This was 1969. I was receiving this coded message, and you know, I took thousands of messages, but that one mm -hmm. always stuck with me. Yeah. Uh, and so it kind of put a seed in my head, you know, that what was that? <laughs> you know, yeah. I, you know, 1969. We're still. We just. We just got off on a rocket to the moon and here's something that's definitely not using rocket fuel is coming out of our oceans uh so are you, are you aware that christopher columbus saw one too and it's in his journals i heard about that yes i uh, i heard about that i mean it's just it's it's amazing and 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 yet <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's it, it blows my mind that that you know today's society is very well aware of everything that's going on, possibly even more so, and to to be so blatant to try to lie to us today is is ridiculous. Like I I I have trouble believing that that they will get away with this for any great length of time. Well, they, they realized that once the internet came out, uh, all of a sudden people are starting to connect the dots together outside of the controlled matrix of perception, as the Nazis called it, mm -hmm. uh, where you know people are starting to look at historical information that was not included in your history books in school, you know, about what happened with the Nazis and, and the occult connections with the Nazis. So... You know, it's a lot of interesting little things went on. You know, during the war, you know, they had massive, huge underground complexes using hundreds of thousands of, oh, actually millions of slaves that were uh, for the war effort for Nazi Germany that were, you know, from concentration camps and things. Uh -huh. And so they were able to utilize all these slaves. And I found it kind of interesting in a, in a uh, Project Paperclip uh, document that, the man that was Hitler's top underground base expert that knew how to build these massive underground facilities in, uh, in Germany uh, was brought over in paperclip for the uh, U.S. underground plant program, quote unquote, uh, and they immediately started uh, tunneling underground uh, in the Monsanto Mountains in uh, New Mexico. Uh, building these uh, massive underground bases. And then we have, you know, very few witnesses coming out that aren't, you know, uh, suicided, like uh, Phil Snyder talking uh -huh. about, uh, there's over like 129 of these bases underground. I mean, they go like several miles underground. They're, they're huge, massive cities. Um, and so what's going on under there? Why bring in the Nazis to tell us how to do it? You know, um, I find it really interesting what's going on in the UFO community with, you know, these whistleblowers that are having memory recall of uh, the 20 year and back secret space program. Yeah. Working with that. Well, they, find it uh, with the secret space program, it, it, to my understanding, if you signed up for it, it was for 20 years. And at the end of the 20 years, you could either sign up for another 20 years or you could go back to the time frame where you enlisted with a memory wipe. 
but they're that's, remembering. That's my understanding as well. And it seems as though as they're living their life on this, if they come back and live the regular life on this timeline that you and I are on, um, it kind of, it parallels the timeline. And so there's kind of like a, a memory uh, recall that happens. And you've got uh, Michael Ralph, you've got Randy Kramer, you've got Corey Good, all claiming that when they were around six or seven years old, they were like prepped for uh, uh, the service that went around age 17, they were taken to the Lunar Operations Command on the moon that uh, they signed up for a 20-year enlistment with the Navy, uh, with the Solar Warden Program or, or Mars Defense Force with the Marines in Randy Kramer's case. But, you know, all that's, you know, you could look at that and say, oh, well, these people are making up these crazy wild stories and they're, uh, but then you have this one 93-year-old uh, ex-Navy veteran who's an aerospace engineer uh, William Tompkins, who in 2001, he wrote his biography and asked uh, Admiral Hugh Webster, who was high up in the Naval Command, if there's certain classified parts of his book that he, he should like leave out and not expose to the public. And the Admiral said to him, you know, Bill, tell it all. It, don't leave anything out. It's most important to the, the future of our country, you know, to get this out. So you've got all these, you got the, you know, Admiral Tom Wilson and the head of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, you know, with intelligence, you know, saying to come out, give the information out. So you got all these people in the Navy, which kind of collaborates with William Tompkins' uh, story, saying that what happened, if I can give a little history here, um, in 1942 in Los Angeles, everybody remember the Battle of L.A., there was five discs, apparently. Mm -hmm. Two of them got shot down. The Army grabbed one and took it to Wright-Patterson in Ohio. The Navy grabbed the other and took it to China Lake in California to reverse engineer. Um, all this was under the control. Uh, this was the interplanetary phenomenon. Uh, unit that uh, was set up with Roosevelt back in the beginning, and there was a whole bunch. There's a whole bunch of documents and authenticated documents that authenticate much of this. Um, and so, Project Rand was the think tank, so to speak, in order to keep the lid on this thing and work on developing it. This was, you know, before the MJ-12 operations. So. Um, what happened was the Air Force thought it should take full dominance of this, and uh, one of the uh, Air Force generals is able to secure huge amounts of money. And so basically, the Air Force basically kind of squeezed the Navy out of the whole thing, and the Navy went underground, did their own secret operations while the Air Force proceeded along, uh, which kind of kind of indicates that from what Tompkins is saying is there was sort of a, a split on agendas between the Navy and the Air Force that back in 1955, apparently they entered into an agreement with the extraterrestrial race that was the same group that uh, Hitler in back in 1933 entered into uh, as 
you know, Werner von Braun and his mentor, uh, Dr. Herman Obereth, said, you know, you know, how did you guys get so advanced? And he said, well, we had help from people from other worlds, mm-hmm. you know, just it's right out there in front of you. Um, and so, uh, you know, it sounds like a crazy science fiction story, but when you get digging into this stuff, uh, not to say we have all the answers, but uh, there's a heck of a lot of indicators. I mean, when you have like over 500 witnesses, uh, many willing to testify under oath with nothing to gain, no financial interests, and you have many authenticated top secret documents that uh, collaborate with this, uh, that's pretty much, if everybody was making this up, it would be even stranger. So you you have that as sort of the foundation to go by. Uh, But it appears that, uh, you know, the Air Force is wanting with the CIA, NSA, Cabal, NRO, the whole group that's kind of uh, taken one path, while the Navy has taken more of a constitutional path, according to William Tompkins, I'm I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, So... It appears there's indications that uh, there may be a split of two agendas. One, knowing that if if a lot of this gets exposed, there's going to be war tribunals of crimes against humanity, you know. Uh, and so they're wanting a limited disclosure. They're wanting to spin it in such a way that it makes them look okay. They're the good guys and everything like that. But the Navy, uh, from what Tompkins is saying wants to have absolute full disclosure because as soon as you keep on like uh astronaut gordon cooper saying they told one lie on top of another lie on top of another lie and they don't know how you know it's like after you tell so many lies for so long it's really difficult to uh to try to come out come clean with it so uh, the sad thing is is that you know you have uh you know, the Bilderberg meetings, by the way, happened uh, the same time all this was going on back in 1954. It was headed by former Nazi SS officer uh, <laughs> Prince Bernhard of the, of the, of the Netherlands. Uh, and so the world elite and things, you know, they, as Brzezinski, uh, who passed away recently, like David Rockefeller, the two people that uh, co-founded the Trilateral Commission, uh Brzezinski said, you know, due to the alternative media of the Internet, essentially, I'm paraphrasing, you know, there's there's sort of this concern of a global awakening. People are starting to put it together. That's why they're desperately trying to control the Internet. That's why uh, Snowden and William Binney leaked about how they're making profiles on everybody. You know, the uh, the GCHQ in the UK, they've got uh, shit sock puppets, trolls and shills trying to influence uh, the social media and the alternative media of the Internet so that people get confused and sort of muddy the waters. I just saw uh, this evening, I was just looking at that Facebook, uh, Amazon, and... Um, and Google, uh, they basically are, are pushing for this net neutrality. It's actually, you know, the opposite. It's like not net. It's not neutral. It's like they can sanitize out 
things that they think are, you know, quote, fake news. Mm -hmm. So using this fake news uh, as, and, you know, you have to wonder, you know, just how many sites are controlled by them that put out information that muddy the water with, uh, with fake news that so keeps people from putting the dots together of what's actually going on behind the scenes. You know, I don't, I don't, pretend to have all the answers i'm still researching it was because of that media company in 19 in 2014 that uh you know i started uh trying to figure out how did we lose control how yeah. did our legal constitutional government uh you know was, uh <laughs> You know, Eisenhower, you know, he said, you know, only an alert and knowledgeable citizenry can protect our future liberties and freedoms. And that uh, the, the warning against the disastrous rise of misplaced powers and the unwarranted influences. Well, one of our witnesses, uh, General Stephen Lovkin, was on Eisenhower's staff. And what happened was the the corporations that were working with this cabal, basically, uh, he lost control to the corporations. And uh, according to um, General Lovkin, he said he and Eisenhower said he knew it wasn't going to be in the best of hands. And so, and at the same time, the uh, a new group of MJ-12 replacing the former group. Lots of stuff happened in the mid-50s with Alan Dulles as MJ-1, who, you know, later wrote an assassination directive because Kennedy wanted to disclose the information. Kennedy wanted us to get out of the Federal Reserve. He tried to do that, printing up a lot of of money to, uh, I think they're called silver certificates or United States notes instead of Federal Reserve notes. $4 Uh billion he's printed up. Also, he was trying to get us out of the Vietnam War, which I didn't have to go there in combat action in 1970. Uh, And he uh, wanted to work with the Soviet Union on cooperation on matters of outer space. And he tried to get information on the MJ-12 operations, but the uh, burn memo, which was basically snatched from a counterintelligence agents that was getting rid of all these documents from James Jesus Angleton, who was the chief of counterintelligence working under Alan Dulles, of all people. Uh, he grabbed one that was an MJ-12 directive to the other members saying that Lancer, which was a code word for JFK, is looking into our activities and this we must not allow. Uh, you know, and they basically was saying they need to come to a decision uh, in order for the continuance of their group. And as you know, uh, Alan Dulles was fired by Kennedy because of his nefarious activities. Uh-huh. Well, he, uh, Alan Dulles put an assassination directive called Project Environment, which was a kind of a coded assassination directive, meaning that, you know, when you can't get any more cooperation out of Washington, then it, the, the weather is lacking and it should be uh, should have precipitation. It should be wet. In other words, that's a that's an intelligence term for an assassination, wet with blood. And so that's what happened. Was Kennedy put in that request, and then it was like two days later. I think he was uh, 
he was assassinated in, uh, in Dallas. So, um, it's, it's, you know, it's so it's unsettling and yet everything really sort of lines up and, you know, it, 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 it then makes you say, okay, so almost everything I've been told is not true. So now I have to go back and relearn what's true, but then how do I find out where is a good source of information? And that's why I think what you've done is so brilliant because you have documentation on just about everything that you put out there. And one of the things I think is so fascinating is there are so many 33rd degree Masons involved in a lot of this. And the one that shocked me, you know, and I'm not easily shocked was Walt Disney. And not only was Walt Disney involved in some of this, but at Disneyland, there's a club 33 that you have to be a 33rd degree Mason to belong to. And the price for membership is obscene. And well, you don't have to be a 33 to, to be a member of that, but you have to pay. The, the waiting list is uh, forever, and the amount of money is huge in order to join this. And it's sort of interesting, yeah, Club 33. You look at all of the um, – well, what is the 33rd degree? Uh, 33rd degree in the – there's two uh, two sections of the Freemasons. There's a York Rite and there's a Scottish Rite. Yeah. The York Rite goes up to the 32nd degree. The Scottish Rite goes up to the 33rd degree. But the 33rd there, degree has to be conferred upon you. You can't pay to be it. Right. You can't do anything on your own in order to become a 33rd degree. You have to be specially selected. Yeah. And so if you look at all the people, all the presidents, all the CIA directors, all the people that are not only 33rd degree Freemasons and, and head world leaders and everything, um, but uh, Knights of Malta mm -hmm. and Skull and Bones, uh, all of these. <laughs> what a coincidence. Yeah, yeah. What an amazing coincidence. Yeah, and the astronauts, you know, and when they went to the moon, they planted their flags at the 33rd degree on the moon. You know, Buzz Aldrin's the 33rd degree and uh you know if you look at and in movie directors and you know all these different people that the way it works is like a military chain of command where the higher level masons uh, we, give order we, to the lower yeah we'll <laughs> be back in hour. five yeah we'll be we'll be back in five minutes <laughs> you don't need to expect us we're already here Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent news story, and I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. On the go? Still want to listen? Don't have one of those fancy phones with too many buttons? Don't know what an app is? Or you don't even care? Well, we got you here at Revolution Radio. Now you can dial in 24-7 to listen to our shows. We have a number for Studio A and Studio B, and best of all, it's free. Don't forget, your carrier charges for your cell phone provider may apply, though, so check with your cell provider to make sure. So ready? Here you go. Get a pen. Here's the number. Studio A is 712-432-6958, and Studio B is 716-748-0112. Thank you very much for listening to Revolution Radio, freedomslips.com, the number one listener-supported radio station in the world.
an anarcho-syndicalist commune. We take it in turns to act as a sort of executive officer for the week. Yes. But all the decisions of that officer have to be ratified at a special bi-weekly meeting. Yes, I see. By a civil majority in the case of purely internal affairs. Be quiet. But by a two-thirds majority in the case of more... Be quiet. I order you to be quiet. Look, you stupid bastard. You've got no arms left. Yes, I have. Look. It's just a flesh wound. I don't believe I am seen such a display of courage, skill, nerve, grace, and stupidity. I'll do you for that. What? Come here. What are you going to do? Bleed on me? I'm invincible. You're a loony. The Black Knight always triumphs. Roundtable Live, Monday through Friday, 1 a.m. till 4 a.m. Eastern Time. Bring your mind, bring your ideas, bring your voice. King Arthur had nothing on us. Here at Revolution Radio, freedomslips.com. The opinions expressed on this radio station, its programs, and its website by the hosts, guests, and call-in listeners or chatters are solely the opinions of the original source who expressed them. They do not necessarily represent the opinions of Revolution Radio and FreedomSlips.com, its staff, or affiliates. You're listening to Revolution Radio, FreedomSlips.com, 100% listener-supported radio, and now we return you to your host. And this is Nightlight. If you like what you're hearing, click over to the support page and make a donation to help us keep this amazing station up and running. Revolution Radio at freedomslips.com is totally listener supported. From the owner to the hosts to the producers who we can't live without, to the staff, all are working here because we love the work and are dedicated to putting out quality material for all of you. Be it large or small, every donation is greatly appreciated and helps us all keep on supplying information and material to educate and enlighten you that isn't found anywhere else. Okay, Dan, <clears throat> I want to get back to Walt Disney because <laughs> I, am, I am so outraged to think that he was a part of something that was not kosher. So, oh, we, we just went right through that first hour, didn't we? Um, yes. <laughs> Time flies when you're having fun. Yeah, well, you know, it's kind of interesting. You know, Walt Disney, they did a with Werner von Braun together, they did um, Man in Space or some kind of movie together. What they were doing was they were basically selling the American public on this rocket stuff, which was. Um, kind of you know interesting because you know they had anti-gravity in the 30s and uh and the u.s had it in the in the mid 50s and so um here we're we're selling the idea of rockets as the way to overcome earth's gravity that means that if that's true that we have anti-gravity discovered and you know they've been suppressing anybody that comes out with solutions to anti-gravity, such as Otis Carr, which worked under Tesla. Um, that means that NASA is nothing but a very elaborate, expensive prop to make us think that we need rockets to go into space. Exactly. And, and to be honest with you, I have felt strongly, and, and of course, you know, I have nothing to back up my feelings, but 
but I really believed that NASA is going to have to come clean on some stuff because it just doesn't float anymore. My witness friend, Donna Hare, who worked for 20 years uh, at NASA, that, you know, she, her witness testimony was that, you know, they're airbrushing the UFOs out before releasing the pictures to the public and that the astronauts are told to keep secret what happened on the moon, which is got revealed by William Tompkins that apparently a, uh, a whole fleet of giant starships surrounded the crater and basically warned them off the moon to uh, not you know, to do a few more missions and then not come back. Um, he actually witnessed it while he was working at TRW in Redondo Beach, which was getting the live video feed uh -huh. um, from, uh, from the lunar module. And at the same time, while they were saying that, oh, there was a camera overheated, um, ham radio operators were picking up the direct, uh, I'm a ham radio operator myself, uh, they were picking up the, 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 uh, the direct feed before it gets, uh, you know, they, they can sanitize it because there's a delay, you know, before uh -huh. it gets on to the public. So they were hearing uh, Neil Armstrong says, oh, my God, these babies are huge. You know, they're very intimidating and, uh, you know, so forth and so on. And, uh, and so he actually witnessed the, the video showing uh, what he was seeing. So, yeah, there was a presence on the moon, just as Carl Wolf, one of the witnesses that was one of the 20 that I, I was at, uh, you know, talked about, you know, domes, mushroom-shaped buildings, very clear pictures of bases on the on the uh, dark side of the moon or, or the side of the moon that faces continually faces away from earth so people on earth can't see what's going on, on the other side there was a huge operation going up there on the moon that people have no idea and you know this whole thing it's like the truman show you know the movie on steroids oh yes uh, <laughs> where you have this artificial reality uh my father was a career marine with presidential citation world war ii in korea and when he's watching, uh, you know, Walter Cronkite, he had no idea that all this information is being controlled by the CIA. Uh, and so what, what's happened is we have, and then the Rockefeller Foundation has controlled the education. And so we only are told what, uh, what they want us to hear. And so you have generation of our parents, uh, Barbara, and... Uh, yeah, it probably goes back to the time of, of our parents and then the next generation, the next generation. By the time we've gotten here to the year 2017, people don't have a clue of what's been hidden uh, and, from, and, from people of the world. Well, none of that, but, you know, you've got MK Ultra, you've got... Um... Project Pegasus, you've got the Philadelphia experiment. There are so many things that have been going on that that weren't necessarily being hidden, but they weren't being acknowledged. So they were just sort of, you know, poofed off as, you know, well, that's just science fiction, don't believe it. But but they were reality. And it it and, and when people came forward and tried to say, no, no, I was a part of this or or no, no, I experienced this, um, th they are basically, you know, looked at as though, and you're crazy. 
So it's, you know, it, it, it breaks my heart. I know uh, someone who was a part of MK Ultra. I mean, the stuff that happened was just ridiculous. And, oh, yeah, Alan Dell started the, the, MK person, Ultra. Yeah, and, and, and that this person is today sane is amazing. So that, so that, you know, there are people walking around that have had these experiences. I saw a UFO and, um, in, in 67 and, and no, in 66, sorry. And, and what I went through over the years, you know, being teased, being, yeah, yeah, you're crazy. Or how much did you have to drink? I mean, I, I understand to a very slight degree, the kind of reaction you get so that, so the, do I still talk about it? Sure, but 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 now people don't don't mock me. Now people want to hear about it. So, but but for fifty years almost, um, oh, that's the, right. Yeah. the the abuse you get when you are trying to say this really happened. Pay attention. Something's going on, and then it's then you know you you, you get into the the fact that. Okay, so if there are UFOs, who's in them? And, and then are there alien presences here on Earth? And yes, of course there are. And, and people look at you like you're crazy. But, but they've been here since rock drawings were part of the culture. So, you know, trying to wake people up to shake them out of the apathy that they have been, been driven into by by being manipulated by by a shadow government that doesn't want us to think or react is is horrifying and the more the more i read into your material and and i reiterate everybody should go to his website it is um have comfortable shoes on and be prepared to sit for a long time but it's the web the webmatrix.net and the material he puts out there, you may not buy it all, but it's going to make you think and it's going to make you question. And that's the most important thing, to get the cobwebs out of your brain and your consciousness and understand that we do have the ability to make changes, but it takes thinking. And we haven't been thinking for a very long time. Oh, absolutely. It was, it was a spectrum of awareness out there. You know, it was a time when I used to think people... Uh, saw a UFO, they were they're, oh, they're just making it up, you know, and, you know, it's just like uh, until I saw one go 100 feet over my head with my brother um, back in 1984. That does uh, change your mind. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's a... Um, but, you yeah, know, now, a, now when you look at it, though, Dan, it's like, is this one of ours or is it one of theirs? Because... We have the technology. We have reverse engineered it. We have saucers that we're flying. And, you know, they, they don't stick a sticker on the, on the bottom of each of them saying, oh, this is U.S., this is a Nazi, this is a German, this is but, – but we, we have the technology. Obviously, Germany had the technology so that, so that now you don't know if what you see in the sky is a real a, – is is an alien UFO or if it's one of ours? That's absolutely correct. Yeah, it, it's hard. Uh, although the alien technology is far advanced from what we have, we've gotten pretty good, you know, um, 
you know, it was the the whole discrediting happened with you know the CIA sponsored uh, Robinson panel, and then they had the Brookings report that said you know religions and things would be disrupted and new ideas, you know, of, you know, which is kind of ludicrous, you know, it's like, what, we're going to have, we're going to find out something that's, that's more accurate, more true about our history is going to be disrupting to us, you know, it was Mm -hmm. definitely interest. There was one document, uh, a top secret document that back in 1952 that uh, made it clear that uh, it was like, Cardinal Francis Spellman was involved with the, the president and writing up this war plan because the uh, Catholic Church wanted to have, this is talking about containment back in the, in the late 40s, because uh, the church wanted to have containment of this issue. They didn't want this information to come out. You know, recently they've you know, like in 2008, you know, the Vatican's coming out and saying, oh, the extraterrestrials are our brother. They weren't born <laughs> on this planet, so they didn't go through the original sin and, you know, all this stuff, you know. Uh, so they're just trying to, it seems as though they're <laughs> trying to position themselves, you know, for, for when the disclosure happens so that they're still in the loop, you know, mm-hmm. with uh, control of the religion. Um, and... Uh, you know, you have to look about the Knights of Malta and all the people that are connected. Heinrich Himmler was a Knight of Malta. George W. Bush was a Knight of Malta. You know, Alan Dulles was a Knight of Malta. You know, all these different people, uh, you know, members of these secret societies that when you get up to the really high levels, you keep secrets really well. You're indoctrinated in such a way that uh, you don't think about, you know, exposing anything when you get up to that level. Well, you know what really offends me, and and um, the the Freemasons and and their 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 different levels and their different degrees. Um, the more I I researched them, um, the more I began to realize that that in many ways it was a spiritual development, evolving type of consciousness rising experience for men. And and the fact that you know they couldn't talk politics or religion when they were in their um, their meetings, and that that it was a place where men could really stretch themselves spiritually and and not be wimpy about it. It 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 it, it was a process that was supposed to make them a better contributor to society and a better person within their community. And and then to to read about all of these thirty second degree guys that were just so warped that they sold humanity downstream really bothers me it bothers me too you know it's like we uh the human race needs to be needs to know the truth that's the only reason i i do shows once in a while barbara is that you know i i don't I don't do anything with financial interests, you know, selling a book or a CD or anything. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I just don't want anybody to say I have an ulterior motive for coming mm-hmm. out. I, I think it's important that information gets out while we still can, you know, especially with Google wanting to be the ministry of truth, you know, and uh, oh, and all this, you know, of of what gets out. Uh, we have like a window of opportunity you know, to for more people to become awake and connect the dots together of what's been hidden. You know, not maybe not all the information that's on my page is, I you know I 
you can only verify and go through references so much. And even those references, you know, in order to research to such an extent. But when you have so many witnesses and so many documents that have been authenticated, uh, it definitely shows a pattern. And what I like to look at it as, not to say that <clears throat> anything is particularly, you know, the absolute truth, but you have so many indicators that indicate a certain reality. When you get so many indicators, documents, witnesses, so many people uh, indicating something, then it's, it then has a higher probability of being real. And you have to think about it. You know, if we had anti-gravity um, back in 1954, uh, you know, would we create a secret space program? Would we keep it secret from the people? Sure. Yeah, the military has been doing that for a long time. They got a lot of operations that are secret. So, you well, know, you it's know, not, I, not a far I have, stretch. I have a, we've had anti-gravity material since the 50s. Why then, then has our military not been given that to be able to uh, prevent wars or prevent confrontations or conflicts or police actions why has that i mean it 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 appears that that even the military has not had access to this technology and it it, it certainly would have it would have saved thousands of lives well before the end of the war in 1944 there was uh, Martin Bormann. Uh, they had huge amounts of gold and things the Nazis had from, from you know, Europe. And they uh, had an operation called Eagle Flight where they bought 750 corporations that many of them may be, you know, uh, household names that we know today. 750 front cop corporations that the Nazis were using. And when Eisenhower lost control to the corporations, these are more, this is not our U.S. military. This is more privatized uh, operations that mm -hmm. are have unlimited huge amounts of funding. In fact, uh, uh, you know, Catherine Austin Fitz, you know, was, I think, I believe it was like 1.7 trillion a year, which is like, uh, what, three times the... Uh, national defense budget, you know, it's going into these black operations. And, you know, when I was in Vietnam, uh, a captain friend of mine saw the, the drugs being loaded on, you know, the CIA planes. Uh, and, you know, there's, it's common knowledge, a lot of stuff that happened with uh, Operation Zapata and, and George H.W. Bush and bringing in the drugs into, uh, in other words, this gave them unaccountable finances you know, and you have the poppy fields in Afghanistan, don't forget those, mm -hmm. um, you know, to have huge amounts of money coming in. You can imagine with, uh, and some of the, you know, you have the brain drain of all these people disappearing, right, where they're extremely brilliant. And so they take the best of everything to create this, uh, as Richard Dolan calls, a, a breakaway civilization that uh, doesn't account to anybody, doesn't account to the president, CIA directors, heads of Joint Chiefs of Staff. Uh, there is no accountability whatsoever. And the operations are, 
USAPs or unacknowledged special access programs that aren't acknowledged to even exist. Uh, and so you have this whole operation hugely funded uh, with technology that looks like science fiction mm-hmm. um, that is that most people in the military don't have access to or have no idea that these things are going on. Uh, it's rare when you have situations that are highly compartmentalized where one person doesn't know what the other person's doing and what they're working on um, and for what goal and what agenda for who, uh, it's very hard to piece together the information. And then you have purposeful disinformation being thrown out there. So Mm -hmm. people have to really, I'm just sharing my notes of what I've discovered so far. Uh, to match up and people's other notes, you know, on the webmatrix.net. That article was, when I started writing it, it was like one, oh my God, after another, you know, I couldn't believe what was, what was hidden. You know, I had to find uh, sources from the Soviets. I had to find sources from leaked documents and you had to kind of piece it together. Uh, not to say I have all the pieces by any means, um, but uh, there's a definite indication, I would say that's the best word, that uh, the entire planet's been hijacked and these uh, people that are part of this ruling elite fascist mindset that feel self-entitled, you know, to uh, keep the rest of the rest of the planet using uh, these dangerous obsolete technologies while they profit off of, you know, nuclear oil and coal, well, pollutes our air, pollutes our oceans. Uh, you know, one of, our, one of the people that uh, we were working with, uh, Stan Meyer, we were trying to bid on his, after, after he got a patent and entered into an agreement with the Pentagon, the next day he... Uh, he was poisoned and he said, I've been poisoned and he dropped dead. Uh, and, and, you know, he has a, a system that can convert any of these billions and billions of automobiles just to run simply on water. The car would actually last longer, mm-hmm. uh, wouldn't pollute. Um, the technologies, I've seen these technologies work, uh, you know, even in the, in the new, um, WikiLeaks, uh, Podesta emails. Uh, Edgar Mitchell was talking to Podesta, talking about the Vatican's awareness of the ETI and releasing the zero-point energy, as uh, you know, Honorable Paul Hellyer has spoken of many times. I had a show with him before on Revolution Radio. Um, if that technology gets released, um, we could retrofit these dangerous nuclear power plants and while we create billions of jobs uh, manufacturing these little boxes that will run any home or business with all the power you need, uh, eventually we can get rid of all of these, uh, these grid power lines that are like huge antennas that if North Korea was to hit us with an EMP, uh, <laughs> it would it would completely blow out all the electronics. It would put us back in the Stone Age, you could say. Or, um, in fact, Newt Gingrich, the uh, 
House Speaker said it's the number one threat of 11 threats that, you know, either an EMP or um, a CME, you know, a corona mass ejection from the sun, which mm-hmm. back in the 1800s fried the telegraph wires. You can imagine if, if it hits the uh, power lines, all these power transformers that supplies your home, uh, they'll be melted. <laughs> the, yes. And there's not going to be anybody replacing them for some time. So not only are they ugly, you know, with wires running all over the, the place, but we can remove those and, you know, recycle them. And then, you know, the water power is a great transitional technology since we got so many of these vehicles and it would stop the, the pollution. Uh-huh. Uh, and then we have, uh, you know, with these energy devices, you can eventually everybody will have electric vehicles that don't need to be plugged in like a Tesla. And, uh, and for some that uh, want to live remotely, um, you know, the anti-gravity technology like Doc Brown in the future, you know, we don't need roads where we're going, you know, you could, <laughs> yes. people could be living in all kinds of remote areas that there's no way to get there through roads. Um, you know, so our environment would be cleaned up things that, that take huge amounts of power, like desalinating the ocean in order to, you know, make the deserts bloom with, uh, get organic food growing everywhere. Um, you have, uh, uh, you have a whole different world and especially with some of the advanced technologies that are hidden for health that you don't need pharmaceuticals, uh, drugs or, uh, (laughs) or surgery. You know, there's energetic medicine as you're well aware of Barbara that can, you know, I worked with, uh, IBM's top scientist, uh, Dr. Marcel Vogel, and we were working with two dozen medical doctors in the Bay Area using these cut quartz crystals that were cut specific geometries and had incredible results. And we had a full-on laboratory with electron microscopes, spectrophotometers, you know, all fully equipped to measure and quantify uh, these technologies. Technologies like that uh, could be used rather than the technologies that basically get people on the um, prescription over and over and over rather than treating the root cause of something that alleviates mm-hmm. it. Um, it. Just every aspect of life uh, would be affected if we release these advanced technologies. Well, yeah, and it's, it's I understand it takes away from, from, it takes money out of a billionaire's pocket. I, I, so sad too bad um but but you know we're in a time and a place here where just awareness of what's going on and a conscious effort to make changes within our own personal life and reality you know will spread and and you know people look at the whole thing and says what can one and say to themselves what can one person do well the reality is if there are enough one people they can do a hell of a lot well, that's absolutely true. You know, that's the reason why in 1957, all the major universities, they took out of psychology and sociology, the, you know, the powers of the human consciousness to affect, uh, affect our reality. Uh, and the reason they took out the whole thing with the occult in, the, in 1946 with, uh, you know, with the Nazis and everything, there's a, there's a much 
indication that you know you can go to Washington, you can go to city to city, you can be on CNN, you can be on all this stuff, but you're not going to, so long as they the system has been compromised, and so mm-hmm. you're not going to affect change that way. But the one thing they're afraid of is that people start becoming aware, and it's like um, uh, <clears throat> you know it's just like uh, birds all have a a mind, a group mind, fish swim in a school, ants and insects all have like a group mind. The humans have a group mind as well. And it only takes a certain tipping point where um, the morphogenic field that we're all connecting into, that's why inventors, even before the internet was created, would have an idea and people on the other side of the planet would have the exact same idea at the same time. What's happening is I'm seeing it all over the place. People are wakening up, uh, may not as fast or not as many as maybe some people would like, <laughs> but there's a lot of people that are, you know, listening to this conversation that uh, 10 years ago, they would say, oh my God, he's a total nutcase. You know, it's like what he's talking about. Oh, absolutely. Uh, but, but now uh, in light of many leaks, um, uh, that are going on, you know, you have to wonder about up there in Bluffdale, Utah, with the NSA, with their quantum computers, with Yoda bytes storing all the world's communication on everybody, uh, with the ability to process and, you know, know what the mentality and the, uh, and make a, like William Benny says, they're making, they're not doing anything with terrorists, they're making a profiles on on every individual this recording is being recorded they have like a hundred years of storage of all the the entire world's communications quantum computers have processing capabilities that's uncomprehensible almost uh to process all this information so they're wanting to keep a lid on it. It's not so much for just profit. Surely it's multi-trillion dollar industries, you know, with the oil and nuclear and coal and everything. And, you know, these would re- these wouldn't take away jobs. These would create totally new jobs using technologies that work in harmony with our beautiful planet that's being... Uh, you know, the oceans. I'm a radiation monitoring station here on the West Coast. Uh, one of several, many civilian ones on netc.com so that the government doesn't control it. There are individuals that are monitoring radiation levels and what's going on in our oceans and everything is horrific. And and it's an ongoing situation with Fukushima. And what's sad is they have the technology to remediate the radiation in these black projects. Yeah, that's what gets me. I mean... We have, we have the ability to make the changes, and they don't make them. Why? Because they don't want us to know that they've taken trillions of dollars and put it into the black ops? That's ridiculous. Well, I, you know, they they had, you know, Werner von Braun exposed they were going to have many false flags in the future. This was also disclosed in uh, the report from Iron Mountain in 1967 where they said the first one was going to be the Soviets. Well, we knew that the Nazi intelligence was giving fake reports to Truman in order to bring all this money and funding and keep expanding the CIA. 
and there's uh, and these unacknowledged uh, projects that they're doing. Uh, and then the next one is uh, terrorists. We experienced that four months after the uh, disclosure project event in May of 2001, mm-hmm. uh, September 9/11. Uh, and then it said, you know, third world country crazies would be another. And then talked about uh, asteroids. And then the final card was going to be uh, uh, a hoaxed extraterrestrial threat, which they had the technology to pull off. And in other words, they wanted to bring in these are many, many plans, or I'm sure there are contingency plans, which they, some of them they just dropped and figured, well, it's not going to work now because sure. people are waking up. You know, they know that it's going to be uh, uh, something else. You, you so, brought up you brought up another topic that I did want to go into. It's going to segue us way out of this topic, but um, the Nazis had some sort of base in Antarctica, and and they sent they sent people there, they sent material there, they sent um, it, it, it was it is or was. Is or was, and I don't know which to say it is, but they, they they had a lot of their technology that was sent down there. Certainly they sent, uh, was it over, how many women was it they sent there? It, it was, um, God, the number just. 10,000. 10,000. Uh, yeah, mine Borman gathered together. It was like a million women and something like, one out of 50, they, they were looking at the Germanic, a lot of them came from Germany and Ukraine that uh, came from, you know, the Aryan race. You know, they were all very much about genetics and, and eugenics. And they, uh, so they had like uh, 2,500 SS officers down there in Antarctica. And so they created this program where they brought these 10,000 women, it was like, uh, four guys i mean one four women to every guy down there and so they're probably making little nazi babies down there which is probably uh uh our age by now well you know the reason the reason that i'm i'm asking is because i mean all of this went down to antarctic the antarctic to my knowledge there was only one attempt to go down there and and get to the base that we sent ships in and the ships were attacked by saucers and, and, you know, it, it, we lost literally. So to my knowledge, the base down there is still down there and viable. And yet you take Google earth and you don't see anything. So well, that, that's right. Uh, you know, Admiral bird was selected to, mm-hmm. because of his Antarctic, you know, knowledge, and also he was a thirty-third degree Freemason, so he ke- kept he kept the secret, you know, when he came back, um, that yeah, they were uh, they were defeated, uh, and uh, you know, the Russians got some of that information, and there was a radio operator and a and a, and a pilot that talked about uh, you know they were buzzing the uh, the ships and shooting some type of uh, you know. Uh, laser cannon or something at, and uh, it created a huge amount of damage. So that time that the Nazis could escape, uh, they had enough time and help from people from other worlds, uh, as Dr. Oberst said, uh, to develop it in such a way that, uh, yeah, we went with our tail behind our 
between our legs and 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 came back. Uh, James if- Forrestal was talking about it, and uh, Truman put him in the um, in the Navy hospital for a nervous breakdown. But he was talking about the Nazi base and stuff. They basically the MJ12 group back then didn't want to disclose this to the public, but Forrestal felt. The people have a right to know the truth about this, but um, Lyndon B. Johnson was involved in this too. You know, they suicided him out the uh, 16th floor or 17th floor of the uh, hospital. Uh, so, you know, which, so is, which is sad. But, but my point being, if if there was an underground city or whatever of Nazis. Um, that's what 67, 80, almost 80 years ago. What happened to it? I mean, the ships were destroyed by the, by the UFOs. Um, that base was never discovered or destroyed. So what happened to it? It's probably expanded, you know, probably the, uh, corporations in the United States, see the Nazis wanted to, take control of the industrial might of the United States. And so they didn't need to, they didn't need to attack us. <laughs> Heck, they infiltrated in and took control from within. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so uh, they, no doubt, you know, I'm wondering about, you know, bringing over Xanier Dorsch, the head uh, underground base expert of Nazi Germany to start building these underground bases in the United States. And you think about all the people that are end up missing, uh, where, where are they going? Uh, and especially in national parks where somebody will be walking along and the dog will sniff it. And then the trail just ends and there's nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, it, it could be that there's human trafficking going on, human slaves, just like Heinrich Himmler, according to uh, Albert Speer, who was Nazi uh, Germany's head army uh, minister, um, said that Heinrich Himmler wanted to have this empire of slaves. So, yeah, they probably are laughing to themselves that, yeah, we've been able to... Um, <laughs> you know, continue our operations and now using the United States and uh, basically, uh, but it seems as though of uh, what Tompkins is saying is that the Navy was actually doing its own separate program and is wanting to keep with, you know, the vision of this country or, or right, our freedoms or rights or the Constitution, which we, each one of us in the military, swear to protect against enemies foreign and domestic. Yes, that, uh, that, was, that was another thing. There was a survey done, and they were, the military were asked, you know, would they turn on and fire on American citizens? And it was horrifying how many of them said yes. The Navy did say no. Well, the Jade Helm thing was a very spooky thing. And it turns out it was controlled. It says mastering the human domain. It's controlled by artificial intelligence, computers. The control is not generals uh, giving orders. It's like computers that are giving orders to troops and things. So uh, this one uh, 
this one uh, general who was one of, uh, I think, 260 or 270 command officers in the military that Obama purged out. You know, mm -hmm. no doubt they would know the mentality and who would be compliant with an agenda. Uh, and so they purged 270 of them out and replaced them with people that no doubt could be compliant. Mm -hmm. uh, and the, the Pentagon study that you're, you're referring to was that, yeah, 75% of the Air Force people would uh, go along with the cabal and, and go against unconstitutional orders against the American people. Uh, the army was less, it was like 40%. Uh, the Marines was less than 10% and the Navy, not a, nothing at all. Uh, National Guard was like 20%. So yeah, it's kind of indicator that what Tompkins is saying that there was kind of a split in agendas and attitude, uh, between the Air Force and the Navy uh, I mean, speaking generally, uh, you know, there's good people, there's white hats and black hats and in, in everything. You know, there's good people in our CIA and our NSA and our Air Force um, that believe in the values of this country and the, and to protect the Constitution, the oath that they, they took to swear and protect. Uh -huh. uh, and then there's people who can be uh, bought out or, or fit a certain mentality that uh, make them, uh, make them, you know, compliant for, for the agenda. So I was, I was horrified that even, even the question was asked. I mean, oh that... yeah, yeah. Many soldiers, you know, wrote, you know, to their family and said, you know, like, although they were kept told to kept secret that, you know, they couldn't believe that they were asked how many would be willing to fire upon American citizens. Uh, and there would be a certain percentage would raise their hand. They would take them, those people, and and you never hear about it anymore, or, or however they did. I don't know the whole story, but they definitely separated the people who were willing to do that from the other. And yeah, that's a, like a red flag right there. Well, uh, and, that's and something's wrong. The the the. I mean, I heard about. Um, gosh, this has to go back maybe eight or ten years. That, that the 800 FEMA camps that are all across the country um, that are staffed and ready to take in hundreds of thousands of people, one of the requirements, one of the questions on the, on, on the employment, um, um, the employment application was, you know, if, if it was uh, in a position where they were, would have a firearm, would you fire against American citizens? And unless they said yes, they weren't hired. That's right. Yeah, it's, uh, and, you know, the billions of bullets, that's like uh, seven bullets for every man, woman, and child, you know, that was purchased for Homeland Security. And you have to think about <laughs> Homeland Security was created after the 9-11 situation. And uh -huh. um, also, uh, like one week after 9-11 was the anthrax scare, which uh, allowed Bush to put in all these uh, uh all these new laws for pandemic laws and Operation BioShield, which he initiated, which they had millions of these vaccines that were created on the island of realms, which was Heinrich, just happens to be Heinrich Himmler's bioweapons lab over in Germany. Uh, and, the, and the Supreme Court has, has ruled that, that the pharmaceutical companies that are 
putting this out have no liability whatsoever due to the nature, uncertain nature of vaccines. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so and then they have congressmen saying, you know, what are what's with these police and military being trained to use, uh, you know, in, you know, vaccination and all this stuff. And you got to think about all the pushing of the vaccination, like in California, like government, Governor Brown, uh, you know, making it mandatory for children to, to be vaccinated. And then you hear about all these things that the pharmaceutical companies, which Tompkins says the Nazis infiltrated at the highest level, and mm-hmm. some of the AIDS and the mercury and squalene and other things that have known, uh, known effects that detrimental effects to people that imagine if if you wanted to take over a country and have this uh this, this plan where uh, there's a false flag of a uh, bioterror attack and then you have to inject everybody uh and it's a you, great you way to call these... the, it's a great way to call the population and knock it down Exactly. Exactly. Well, it's one method that can be used, uh, but you know, it raises red flags, uh, especially when you trace back, uh, you know, the whole Bush family. Uh, you know, his dad, who was the one who uh, George H. W. Bush that uh, denied President Carter, uh, one of our witnesses, one of the twenty witnesses, Daniel Sheehan, actually testified and that. Here are presidents being denied access by the CIA director, George Bush. And then you have uh, his father, Prescott Bush, which was his company was seized under Trading with the Enemy Act, you know, working with the Nazis. And uh, he was part of in 1933 where uh, they were planning on setting up uh, along with uh, uh J.P. Morgan and, uh, no, not J.P. Morgan, Warburg and Rockefeller, uh, death camps, Nazi death camps in the United States. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they thought that they can get uh, General Snedley Butler to go along with it because he had, he was like a two time Congressional Medal Marine General, gener, General, rather, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> that. Uh, that he infiltrated the plot and exposed him or else, you know, who knows what would have happened back in 1933, the same year that, you know, Hitler came into power. So, um, yeah, we've got this infamous history that, um, isn't written in history books that the children of today haven't a clue. Yeah. And that's such a shame because, because they haven't a clue, they don't know what to watch out for. But I think the the solution might be in consciousness, Barbara. It may be that uh, you know I wrote a, a um, I wrote a visualization because I know the power of consciousness. I know our collective consciousness has a power that once a person becomes aware of the power of their consciousness to affect reality, if you visualize uh, these situations uh, being transformed. I wrote this uh, exercise called Imagine This. It's at you know thewebmatrix.net. Mm-hmm. And basically, it's a visualization that takes you back through the history of how this planet has been basically hijacked by this 
by this group that used deception all these decades after decades and that it wasn't until the internet and alternative media with shows like yours uh, that uh, people started to put it together and pretty soon it evoked a collective awakening and the children in the future that are looking back through this historical database of what happened on earth they felt great gratitude for the transformation and how these things were exposed and transformed and how we were able to set up an exchange with other advanced cultures in the cosmos that you know would love to interact and you know share things i'm sure but there's kind of like a prime directive and we've kind of have to you know invite them so to speak uh to, to help us, you know, expose these deceptions. And, you know, the, the whole world could be uh, a whole different place. There's this incredible potential that exists, but is only kept from with these veils of secrecy that and put in place. In fact, the first CIA director, uh, Roscoe Hillencotter, and head of MJ-12, warned about the dangers of the secrecy uh, not uh-huh. about UFOs, but about the dangers of how the secrecy could be abused. And you know what? He was absolutely right. And they did abuse it. And we have the world we have today. Well, it's it's something to work with for sure. And and there are people out there that are waking up. And you know, it's 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 encouraging to see it, to be able to talk about things like this and not be burned at the stake is a wonderful experience. And, you know, while, while I, I worry sometimes about, you know, just how much can you put out there? And, and I think that, that you can put a great deal out there because they don't really believe that the masses are going to take it in and gestate it and understand what's going on. And, and, that is happening so that there has been an awakening going up throughout the world. And it does, it does feel as though there's an awareness as to not necessarily what can I do to stop it or to help it or to whatever, but at least I recognize it's there and I'm not going to get taken in by it is the first step. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. The different levels of awareness of that, you know, because all we can do, since it's highly compartmentalized, is to try to put together these indicators that give um, give a direction of understanding of what has been hidden. Definitely, there is a cabal that has been hiding these operations. Definitely, there's a secret space program going on. All this stuff is is something that that is real, but is being kept. Uh, is being kept secret all these all these decades that I think at some point uh, we're going to hit a tipping point of of awareness where people this will be something that you and I will talk about in the future. Barbara is like, oh yeah, this is common knowledge. This was a history of Earth. We were able to transform it. Thank goodness, you know. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, I, I kind of wonder. We have all these scientists that are working for black ops, and black ops is developing all of these cool things, but they're not doing anything with them. 
so, you know, what are they doing? Creating a museum of what might be? I mean, what is the point of, of the zero gravity, of all of these other amazing things, of wiping out cancer, of, of you know, getting better um, sources for, for power? What is the point of developing them and keeping them a secret? Ooh, good oh, good question to end on. That was another hour. A pleasure doing a show with you. <laughs> well, we're going to have to do it again. Thanks so much, Dan. DeLong, host of Nightlight Radio, inviting you to join me on a cosmic journey, exploring a metaphysical montage of spiritual material, covering everything from the mundane to the magical, UFOs to unicorns, and everything in between, including spiritual readings for those who seek enlightenment. Let Nightlight provide you with equal measure of light, love and laughter, insight, wisdom, and inspiration. Monday nights, 10 to 12 p.m. Eastern, right here on Studio B, Revolution Radio, at freedomslips.com.